I my most I I'm not on Facebook anymore. Really, I'm like there, but I don't do anything. But I used to, as you know, be what would you even call me a troll a, a troll a and facebook I, troll oh yeah oh boy it, very, it was very this lame this very is lame. like trolling a nursing home Not a huge fan. You gotta listen to it. That's really funny. Didn't I just say not a huge fan? Yeah. <laughs> How do you even know each other? Comedy. Oh. Bridget and I. Not, you gotta used... listen to the cast. You gotta listen. Who cares? To uh, we, we don't. I don't listen to anybody else. Are you gonna podcast. tweet this? Can you please? Oh yeah, tweet yeah, it? I will. Of course. Um, Thank you. Bridget and I used to. <laughs> I don't do a podcast unless I'm gonna tweet it. Good. Bridget and I were on Frank Trainer's graffiti show. Yeah. Bridget used to host every month. I loved that show. I like Frank. Um, Frank has been he's a guest. Gone. He's gone. He's, he's funny. I know. He's, he's in Seattle. Yeah, he's in Seattle. He's smart. He got out. Right, yeah, he got out. Yeah, he. Um, he was. A, he's a copywriter too. I know. Oh. He did. Uh, he did a fun show at the Mid City Art House. And yeah. And we had that horrible spotlight that was there. It was and fun it, though. Yeah, it was a fun show, and it was crazy because, like all LA comedy, it would either be a great audience that was there or there would be no one yeah and you never knew what was going to happen it yeah. was always a shock every month yeah <laughs> it's like oh there's there was one show that i hosted and it was just the comedians yes and that was probably the best set ever because i didn't i don't know it was just comedians so yeah. it was basically like an open mic yeah. and it was fun and then people started showing up and it got really busy right. it was weird but that was the first like two people were it was like six comedians telling jokes for each other doing comedy in la is so depressing isn't comedy depressing anywhere maybe but i feel like here it's especially um uh, down i I, th I guess just because the opportunities to actually perform from the real audience are so slim yeah versus if you go out of town almost anywhere else pe there, people are like excited to go see comedy yeah. even if it's people they don't know if it's names they don't know they'll just go Whereas here, it's like, well, if you're not fucking Mark Marin or whoever, I'm not going to come see you. And I don't blame them. It's because, like, why? Yeah. Why, why go to an independent comedy show and see maybe good comedians, but probably not? And I feel like L.A. is really good about the alt scene. Right. You know, those comedians seem to really thrive. Right. And I don't know... Um, and then I guess there's like the comedy store scene. Right. And there's the improv scene, which is sort of adjacent. Yeah. Is I that... fucking hate the improv scene. <laughs> the, the, the most hell for me is a UCB show. That is oh, that is the worst yeah. experience. It's I all thought you friends. meant the improv, the comedy plays. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. The improv scene. <clears throat> we were, Michael Malice and I were talking about this on, when I was on it's his show. It's just people's friends over laughing. At things that aren't funny at all. He was telling me about how he went to an it. improv. He had to go, so he just kept yelling out, Cancer Ward, whenever <laughs> they needed a suggestion for a place. And they had to do it. And he said it was the most horrific, the most <laughs> horrific um, com like improv he'd ever been to. And then for the rest of the podcast, he kept calling himself a, a cancer sketch survivor. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, him so much. Okay. Yeah, L.A. Improv... Like, 
Do you ever go to the Pack Theater? Have you ever been there? No, We've talked about that? this before. It's on. Uh, we, it's where our we did our live show there, and uh, it's on Hollywood Boulevard. It's like where the Fringe Festival is. It's a bunch of theaters all in a row there, and everyone talks about how great the Pack is. They're like, oh, it's like all this groundbreaking comedy is there, and it's so exciting. <laughs> but you go to like any show there, and it's terrible. Uh, it's like yeah. bo- it's shit. It's and, all terrible. And it's like maybe I'm just not the audience for improv, but I'm never, I'm never thrilled. <laughs> Like I'm never. Improv's hard when it it's mostly bad. Yes. When it's good, it's genius. Right. It's there's no in between. Yeah. Though. Right. It's like it's shit. Oh, total and then shit or like amazing. I yeah. saw a group and it was at the UCB, but they've been performing together since like Chicago, and you know, they've been they just had it down, and they were stunningly genius. Their ability, the whole thing was hilarious. It was the best improv I ever saw. I never laughed again at improv. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've seen. I, it makes me anxious. I mm. think it's part of the problem because. See, I get more anxious about stand-up comics. Really? Because when you're in improv, you share the silence. That's true. And when you're on stage alone, it's yours and yeah. yours alone. And to me, when there's a comedian bombing or even me bombing, I get like PTSD. Right. Yeah. It's really, kind of, it's really unbearable to watch. I enjoy um, I enjoy a good bomb. I enjoy yeah. myself bombing. Like, I've I've started leaning into it. You just... You have to. Yeah. You almost have to just like accept it and... and take it in it's like getting a the bad diagnosis of something You're just like <laughs> all right well i'm just gonna we're just gonna plow through and i'm not gonna get frustrated yeah. and fuck it and sometimes it's good just to try brand new things when you yeah. start bombing it's like why why bother who cares i can do my although my favorite is when if you're if there's a like a if you're just eating shit and everyone's eating shit at the show and nobody can turn it around sometimes i like to do like the the best jokes that i have just to remind myself like you, there's just sometimes you just can't make it work mm. and it's always a good reminder to like just be okay with with it in the moment if they're mm. not laughing at stuff that people have like busted out laughing at it's like all right well what i'm i'm doing everything that i can do and it's just not working mm-hmm. that is a strange phenomenon about comedy yeah what do, you guys, what do you guys think of anthony jesselnick i love him you like him yeah i like I don't. I didn't like his new special as much as his previous one. I think thoughts oh, I and prayers. I haven't heard the new one. I don't like it that much. Oh, I haven't heard it. it the I Is think he that's angry. He's not angry. It, it it felt very like it's it felt very insincere. Like I felt like thoughts and prayers was. But he's a very insincere guy. I mean, he's that he's not like a real. Yes, this, I know. It's not I'm like aware, real. I, I know how it works. Um, <laughs> like I'm aware of, I'm aware of how Anthony Jesselnik's persona functions. He's mansplaining comedy to you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac loves to do that. Yeah. Um, Isaac. Uh, but uh, have you watched his new special? <laughs> I, I watched like five minutes of him and I was like, this is dumb. His new special. It's just like defanged, defanged. He does the same fucking thing every single joke. I mean, it's genius and he's really good at it, but his it's just del- it's just a gimmick. I mean, he just does one gimmick over and over. No, he just hits the gimmick over and I over. I know, but I really just love his delivery. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Watch he's th- hilarious and it's great, but it's so it's not real at all. It's watch like totally made up. Watch Thoughts know? and Prayers because I think that's him. I think that's his I don't watch stand up. His masterwork. I think that one is is him at his peak form because it's a lot about like a lot of the stuff that he talks. Uh, the second half of the show is like a story about his TV show getting censored and how 
uh, people are performatively sad about stuff mm-hmm. on social media about people dying mainly to redirect attention to themselves, which is you know a big topic we always discuss. Yes, true. I did. I wrote a piece about this for Spectator. Yeah. The Je suis Notre Dame. It was a satire. It was about a girl who, an Instagram star, where she was like, let's talk about the true victims of this. And it's the people who need their pictures in front of in front of Notre Dame. <laughs> that's good. Yes, that's good. And just how I was talking to my editor. That's good. That's actually really fun. That's a good idea. My editor and I were talking about it and he's from London. And I was like, what is it about Americans in particular? And... Now I feel like it's kind of spreading everywhere. But he said, yeah, this is a very particularly American phenomenon where something happens and then everyone's like, I was there once. You know? yes. Like, yeah. yes. How can I make this about me immediately? Yeah. We talk, I we have a personal <laughs> connection. <laughs> yeah. We had a this, whole episode of where we read those reading, reading. Uh, oh, yeah. We, we did it when Brody Stevens died. Like all these comedians were like mentioning random times they like my favorite one was a guy who goes i i saw brody stevens get into an uber (laughs) (laughs) is that a real one yeah yeah, a comedian it's like a bunch of likes like i saw this guy one time yeah give me likes yes Uh, i i used one time i i saw him therefore i have a personal connection to this story as well because i once saw brody stevens I, my most, I, I'm not on Facebook anymore, really. I'm like there, but I don't do anything. But I used to, as you know, be, what would you even call me? A troll. A, a troll. A and Facebook I, troll? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. It, it was this very is, lame. This, this is, is lame. like trolling a nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard. It's like stealing candy from a baby. <laughs> of trolling. Uh, and I, the one that made people go the most insane. My mom would like call me crying every week. Of about, course. Like, I can't believe it's this. all boomers on there. Yeah, fucking boomers. Idiots. <laughs> what night is bingo night? Your boss. <laughs> your old boss at collaboration whatever yeah, the place was called oh, they would go so crazy yeah. but the one that made people the most crazy was after robin williams died i said something like you know i can't even remember but it was like all you fucking people out here to like you know lamenting the death of robin williams is probably why he killed himself <laughs> oh god <laughs> and people went fucking insane yeah it's great like people were literally like Crazed. Well, great lead in because anyway, we've uh, got breaking God, news. Can we talk about something. Let's we talk are. about something. We got a, that was the lead into okay. this story. Here we go. Because we've got well, it's perfect. The death of comedy. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Let's perfect. all lament that. So this just happened today, right? Or the death of existentation. Was it? Uh, I just saw it today on Twitter, but the the yesterday or today. The late. I don't ra- know when you're gonna post this, but the late rapper. I don't know how to say his name. Triple X Ten. Tentacion. I think it's Extentacion. Although I've never known. I say Extentation I'm just gonna, in my head. I'm just going to call him X. Has been dead for over a year now, but his fan base is still incredibly active and willing to rally around him over any slight. Comedian Dina Hashem learned that after Comedy Central shared a joke of hers about X's death. Is anyone still mourning X? He's a rapper who was murdered. He's dead now. He was shot. He was on his way to buy a car with $50,000 in cash, and somebody shot him and took the money, she said in the since-deleted bit which is very tragic, but I also think it would be a very good Venmo commercial. That's the first thing I thought when I heard that. Like, I don't have Venmo. I should get Venmo. (laughs) The joke about the young rapper's murder prompted plenty of exes, friends, and fans to respond. Ski Mask the Slump God retweeted the clip. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm completely disconnected from culture. That's what I've just realized. Essentially boosting the reach of the clip so that fans could get angry about it. 
The reaction was strong enough that Hashem issued an apology on Instagram saying that the bid had been effectively blacklisted. I wasn't trying to hurt anyone. Ah, uh, she apologized? I well, didn't know this. I wasn't trying to hurt anyone's feelings. That's never what I want, she wrote. I'm a comic and use jokes to try and make dark topics less painful, but I realize not everyone feels that way and I don't want anyone to feel badly. It was taken oh. down and won't air on TV. Oh my God. Never cave to the mob. Yeah. That wasn't enough for many ex-fans who can still be found threatening Hashem in the comments of her apology. It's clear that all this rage from ex-fans has rattled Hashem as she set her Twitter account to private. And then, so which comedian was it that that chimed in and that said that? Freaking James, what's his name? Um, he's the game show host. Wait, w- hold on. But where's the James? What does this other comedian have to do with anything? Um, sh- he was. Uh, he sent people after her too. Oh, he did. What did he? Wait, I think it was there. Oh, was at it the bottom there? Sorry. Okay, so what? Ha- just tell us, say what happened. Without we don't actually have to read. So it. she's been getting death threats and um, not getting a hundred percent support across the stand-up comedy community. Yeah, but what's funny about this to me is that so many people who came after Louis for his leaked bits and Kevin Hart comedians who were right. who were like, yeah, but their comedy has limits. Blah, blah, blah. You don't make fun of the Parkland kids. Blah, blah, blah. Well, that was, that was absurd, mainly because it was like, Louis' whole persona before then was the same. Like, he didn't... Yeah, all I the know. change with all Louis was just... All the people that kissed his ass, too. All these com- big comedians, huge yeah. comedians. And now they're all suddenly on board with, like, being anti-mob. I'm like, okay, I hope you guys yeah. stay consistent on this, because no. you haven't been. They won't. Oh. It's all depending yeah, on who right. it is. Well, in an effort to always be ahead of the hot takes, now that everybody is going to my original position that is shared with you guys, that obviously this is insane to get mad about a joke. This reminds me a lot of the outrage over the artist who like was some wealthy art school girl and she wrote like painted a bunch of paintings of Emmett Till. <laughs> Remember, and then like she had to get like the you know the black community was outraged, and she they she had to take them down, right? Right. right. There was an Atlantic uh, right. cover story. About My it. initial instinct in these situations is obviously to say that's insane. People should be able to paint whatever they want. Blah blah blah. However, I all like this person, Dina Hashem, is clearly annoying as fuck, and this joke is not even funny. I think it's funny. I think it's so not funny. And it's funny. also just like... Why is he... you think that she should be canceled? No, of course not. <laughs> I just think that she sucks. Like, I think that it's like... Just like that artist who is, you know, making her... Like, painting pictures of Emmett Till. It's like... This woman is just not a good... It's like she's annoying. I think that that's, that's why this is happening. It's not that she's... Like, there's outrage over her saying something inappropriate. It's no, but outrage that, over her just being an annoying that's, person. That's clearly not true. Here's James Davis's quote. This is more disrespectful than funny. This murdered young black man was also a father and a son. He deserves more respect. Rappers dying are funny now, James Davis wrote. Yeah, okay, fine. But so, what I'm saying is I think I, I, I understand... He's what, not saying that this annoying woman's joke isn't funny. But what I'm saying is I think the reason why, like, the slump god or whatever, or him are finding reasons to be mad <laughs> about it, god. I think the reason why that's happening is because they see a person like this and they're like, this person is just a privileged, annoying, non-funny thing. And they're just like, why is this person, like, even talking about our culture? Like, I get it. Like, I... 
normally I'm agreeing with you in principle, but what I'm saying is in these instances where somebody who comes from this ridiculous place of privilege who probably bought her way into one of these shows. What? Yeah, where, but that goes against, you know, yeah, how do you know what her background is? You're like making a lot of assumptions yeah. about this person. I, what's, I am. What's, you're making that is a true. lot. <laughs> what am, separates, probably what right. separates this comedian yeah, from other comedians that it, have been it, canceled it, look, for again, saying inappropriate Again, I am 100% in agreement with you guys in terms of the principle of this. I, no, obviously. Nobody should be criticized for making a joke. Or it's getting a, death absurd. threats. Yes, Women I, get course, death threats totally. all the time for be, saying shit online. I'm right. I'm against this. And I, I agree. And I'm sorry, but there, you, she, that is the point of comedy. We, can, right. we used to be able to make fun of any and every culture our own other cultures totally i agree no i am not disagreeing with that at all all i'm saying is i think maybe the reason why people would go after somebody like this is there's a feeling of this woman is so disconnected from our culture and she's making a joke out of it that really isn't even it doesn't even rely on it being extentacia like it doesn't even the joke has really nothing to do with him you know what i mean it's really well, she's just kind of using him it's like, like the specifics of a, his death imagine a girl who comes from all the privilege in the world goes to all the great art schools i'm just using an analogy here and and it's uh, funny how you'll make these broad generalizations about women and you won't let me make them about men whoa, on our previous podcast you when mean? you called me out rightfully so for saying that not all men were like not all white okay, men came so, from right. the same privilege. I totally understand what you're saying. A man then. Say there's a man, a, a, a super privileged man who goes, you know, come went to Brown, whatever, all the MFA, blah, 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 who starts painting pictures of Emmett Till, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, he should be up. Do you know who Emmett Till is? Uh, is it a football player? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> okay, so that's why this is not making sense. <laughs> like who? who are we talking about? <laughs> wow. Uh, no, Emmett Till was a victim of like race, a race crime in the 60s. He was the guy who oh, got right. dragged behind the thing. So this woman was painting it's earlier than the paintings. 60s. Way earlier. Yeah, what? whatever. Whenever Emmett when Till was. When was it? 50s, 40s? It was like the 30s. 20s? 30s. Anyway, so it's a horrible crime, blah, blah, blah. I should have been more listening when you asked me that question. <laughs> I obviously I obviously think that anybody should be able to paint anything. I should have been Googling Dina's background. Yeah. <laughs> anybody should be able to paint anything. But I can also understand why but, the black community... But my grandpa said everything not. that comes before but is bullshit. That's true. <laughs> Which is why but it's like it's like, like when you say I, with all due respect. Yeah. I agree then, yeah, with your right. principles, guys, about how you shouldn't cancel comedians. But I'm gonna make a lot of apologies no, for I these d- guys. Who all are I'm saying is threatening I s- to kill her. I see. No, okay. I'm not apologizing <laughs> for the people threatening to kill her. All I'm saying is I understand why people would be annoyed by this. I'm like just like I understand why people would be annoyed of some rich person painting Emmett Till pictures. It's like you have nothing to fucking. She has nothing to do with extentation. So you think this goes into the same um, discussion, though, I think uh, that comes up a lot about the limits of art. So you're saying there should be limits around art. Like certain people shouldn't be able to paint pictures of certain people and that maybe perhaps certain people shouldn't play people in In movies. movies. No, I I am on your page of this. I completely agree with both of you. All I'm saying is I'm just like... I get the annoyance over, you know, I don't agree at all with the way it's being handled, but I like, I kind of understand why it's like annoying. It's two, two fans of him, right? 
Oh, that's all I'm saying. But no, I totally agree. She shouldn't be getting th- death threats. She should absolutely be able to say whatever she wants. And it's insane that... Do you think it's because she's a woman that the uh, response maybe. is a little different? I, I don't think it's because she's a woman. I think it's probably because of who she is. You know? like A I think, woman. Because I, I feel like a lot of the the people that have been supporting her publicly on Twitter, and I, I don't have any like data to support this, but... It feels my, my estimation is that these are the same people that would criticize Louis and and others um, for material that was dark and hurtful, but uh, because this is a woman, now it's time for them to be supportive of her, and the, it reverses the case. The people that are arguing that see, Louis yeah. should be able to joke about the Parkland kids, and it's totally fine for people to make dark jokes. Now in this case, they're like, "Oh, you! How dare you make fun of the death of a young rapper?" And it's like there's there's very weird, very weird hypocrisy yeah, like happening lines. because either people can make dark jokes or they can't. Well, like, and a lot of the people who are saying, "How dare you make a joke about the dead rapper?" are a lot of people who are saying, "How dare you come after Kevin Hart for right. making a joke about faggots?" Right. So right. you you you're either intellectually honest or you're not. Yes. And you're either intellectually consistent or you're not. Yeah. Right. And most people in this instance, I find the people who are defending her, many of them have not been intellectually consistent in terms of. Uh, their defense of comedians against the mob. They will defend one of their own yes. who makes jokes that they agree with. And in this instance, she has a lot of support from very prominent people, but they haven't been, They a lot of the people have gone after Louie and gone after uh, Kevin Hart. So what do you think that cognitive dissonance comes from? Uh, it's tribalism. I think that basically it's really just trying to not step out of line in the you in the comedy world and you want to get those jobs and you want to get on you know the late night sets and you you know that you just kind of have to go with a certain level of the group think what's interesting about this is that she seems to run have run afoul of a community that generally i would expect to be like ah whatever you know like that there everybody's getting so tribal now it's basically like okay you can only make jokes about black people and black culture if you're black you can only make jokes about well that's definitely true white right i mean no no white person is allowed to no definitely not but black but she's not white do you think that do you think that she's so who is what is she she's like persian jewish probably I don't know. Yeah. But she's not white. I mean, Dina Hashem, she's got to be a Persian Jew. But <laughs> the do you but, do you think that white people should be able to make fun of black people? No, but I you don't, don't? I, I don't I don't So how is that intellectually consistent then? I mean, I think you should be able to make fun of whoever you want to make fun of. So you do think white people should be able to like make fun of black culture? I I think that she was making fun of black culture as a comedian, even if she's not white, but white adjacent or whatever they would call it. I I don't think that any my my thing is like if it's funny, it's not off limits. I think rape jokes are funny right. when they're funny. I agree. I don't think I mean, that I, think- I I had a friend who went to a recent stand up show and the comedian was a black woman and she bashed white women for fifteen minutes and. 
I was like, imagine if a white yeah, comedian right. did that. You would be fucking canceled and let by the time right. you got off stage. Know, which is insane. And she I was like, Well, how did you feel? Because she's one of my wokest friends of all time. And she was like, It was uncomfortable. You know, she's yeah. like, I am I definitely feel like I try to be an ally and I try to fight for the marginalized and then I was sitting there and she was and it wasn't like making jokes, it was really just it's like me. Rating, well, yeah. right if yeah. it's funny then it takes the edge off i mean i was right. doing jokes about um how i was oh god what was it i was i this was one of the jokes i was doing that day that was only like around comedians yeah. and i was talking about how i i now i'm like uh i upset black twitter because i said something i just kind of stepped in it i put my foot in my mouth in like a bad way what'd you do I I used language of white supremacy, but I didn't realize what it. Did, what was it? What was it? It's not funny. Uh, what what was it? Come of, on. What was write it? What did down. you do? No, no, no. Type I'll talk about it. So I T- text it to me. It was um they the GQ did <laughs> what? Go ahead. GQ did a um GQ did a spread about um they were doing like teen, what it's like to be a teenager in America. Mm-hmm. And they put, it was um, Black History Month and they put a white boy on the cover, but everybody oh, yeah, was yeah, dragging yeah. this teenager. Yeah. And so I was woke up, didn't drink my coffee, just started tweeting. And I was like, I am not going to partake in this war on white men, not knowing that this is like language of white supremacy, Wait, apparently. And black white, Twitter came mean? for me. Holy shit. I mean, I've been... I've been dragged by pretty much every group. group. And you get more followers every time. No, no. Fun. And no? this one, not, no. What it about was weird, bad. What about weird I mean, Twitter? Has my weird friend, t- Twitter he's a comedian. He's black. He called me, saw what was going on. He's like, what is happening, Bridget? He's like, they're calling you racist, bae. This is bad. And I was like, I know. He's like, what did you do? I was like, I, I because said. Because what's the, what is the word policing that's going on? You're not allowed to say war on white war men. War on white men apparently is like. They were calling me a grand wizard. And, <laughs> I mean, it was, but blue checks, you know, like Akila Hughes and yeah, people that are in the same space insane. that I'll probably run into. Yeah, yeah whatever. And it, I, I mean, my friend said he's, he does a lot of this kind of like research into cancel culture and academia and all of the language and the stuff that they were saying. And the, you know, the idea that racism is a, is um essentially it, you have to include power and all he understands it yeah, and he intersectionality which is intersectionality it's insane exactly and, and he texted Total me bullshit. and he was like bridget this is he's like you need to log out he was like anything you say is going to be used against right. you as evidence of your racism this is how this works yeah and just log out for three days and let it pass <laughs> We're, it's mccarthyism i mean it's literal being a racist is now it's exactly the same not maybe exactly but very similar to being a communist in the 50s it's yeah like, that's i learned i learned from it though i definitely i i learned I don't think that I I wouldn't apologize for it. I didn't do anything wrong intentionally. I don't. But I did learn that I know very little about um, like certain like the language of white supremacy. No, that's just horseshit. It's the same people who like were calling for Nike to 
take the shoe that had the flag, the revolutionary flag yeah, yeah, down. Yeah, Betsy Ross. Yeah, anybody can say anything is a white supremacist symbol. At Obama's inauguration, he had that flag behind yeah. him because it's just the first flag. So I try any, to, anybody, I try that's to just, learn that's from a, my things. That's a, weaponi- that's a way of weaponizing language. It's saying, oh, you can't use this because it's used by somebody else. It's like, that's not logical. No, and it's no, not no. Right. Well, it's like, I was already canceled anyway for being on Ben Shapiro and for being, a, now it's right. like guilt by association too. Yeah. So that didn't really matter. There's plenty of evidence that like I'm... I don't understand why. I mean, it would be nice to have Cameron on to talk about this because I'm sure he would have opinions, but I don't... Isn't Cameron it, Johnson? Yeah. Isn't Beloved it, guest Cameron yeah. Johnson? Isn't it infantilizing to not want your community made fun of? Like, well, that's how like, I feel. Isn't it like, do you, that's what you do with like children. But it's that's like, how it's I like, feel as a woman. Right. I'm like, I don't want to be, yeah, I don't want guys. with kid gloves. Yeah, that's exactly. how That's what right white supremacy really is. And that's what like, you know, misogyny actually is, is saying, oh no, no, women are, uh, we need to treat them with a different standard, right? Yeah. And that's why I always say to my black friends when I'm arguing with them about this, <laughs> I'm always like, I'm always like, do you? When I'm do you demanding to use the N word? Yeah, yeah, it's true. And it's they're like, getting mad. Do you mad. really want to be treated like children? Like, do you really want to be treated like a weak, like handicapped community? Like, no, you should be treated as equal and that means being made fun of you know what i mean just like how you make fun of your friends it's like just like how but a lot there there is a large contingent of people who don't understand that when you're making fun you still have to like make a joke about it and it can't just be i can't just scream the n-word it can't just it it can't just be shocking and it can't just be like a complaint and yeah. I, you know I try mean? really hard not to punch down. Yeah. I do try. It's almost impossible now. I just now. don't believe in that. I but just I don't try, believe in this whole punching down thing. I it's don't, like, know, I, I don't it's, get it. I, I understand some people. That is their comedy. It's why I never really like Chelsea Handler. It's why I don't really like mean comics. Yeah, Com- I don't either. Comedians oh. who rely on being mean. That was never really my thing. I liked. I like comedians who are s- smart and incisive yeah. and they look at the culture and they make fun of themselves and their and other communities and everything. And so I, I did and I do try to learn in instances where maybe I do need to learn. I, I don't want to be one of those people because the other thing that I hate is like I always say never cave to the mob. Yeah. I hate the idea though, like that doesn't mean that you owe someone an apology sometimes. Right. I sometimes I, you say right. sometimes, sometimes you do something, you say something wrong. Right, yeah, right. No, and I you can that. apologize, and if yeah. you feel like you owe someone an apology, you then should. you should. Right, if you feel genuinely sorry, yeah. then yes, you should say it. But like in this instance, you didn't do anything wrong. You know, most I of mean, these blow over anyway because yeah, but just, this will be held against me forever. Right, you They're know, gonna this, refer to it. This will be, a screenshot. be oh, it's screenshot that's, that's for sure. It's definitely will be. It will be used against me forever, which is fine. I said it. I put it out there. I also hate you know when people get mobbed and then they use the mobbing as a reason to be like look at me i'm a victim because i'm a blue check saying things and i have a big audience at this point i'm gonna take some fucking hits like i'm i'm saying today i said something you know about like stop showing your face app stop showing stop posting your face app aging pictures there's a reason that we put old people away in homes where we can't see them (laughs) (laughs) and my cousin's like don't post that Uh, i was like it's funny and true yeah it describes what we do with also just a joke it's just a funny it's just a joke it's like a good joke yeah but people get very sensitive and i was like what is old twitter gonna come for me like they don't even know how to use it (laughs) they're gonna come from the like it'll get retweeted 
weed in it. So when people, when you get come for, (laughs) came for, uh, when you get came for, what does that mean? Like, why is it even bad? Why can't you just ignore it? Like, why can't you just be like, who cares? I don't care what these freaks Um, are saying. It just depends on the instance. So in that instance, I would say the cost was social because up until that point, people had kind of, it it was, I was talking about with Kira Davis. She's a black conservative who came on my podcast and we were, we had an amazing discussion and I was like, you know, I was, and she was saying that white people have to stop being so afraid of being racist. Right, exactly. And I I was like, I was raised to um, to be it was like you just aren't racist it was like the worst thing that you could be called and and coming from a liberal family and so it was and it was very uh, not like hurtful I was just upset that I was now perceived as like this grand wizard and that forever this would kind of haunt me and it because the digital footprint lives yeah. on so that was of more it. of like a social thing that i knew would affect me for a while and i don't know what doors things like that close for me yeah. so say that i still want to try and get in a writer's room by the way that's never happening but if i did and then somebody saw and somebody was like no this girl had this tweet once like it it has that it can have a long effect it sure can we know somebody who had that happen he had a Twitter dragging, and then it got him fired from a job that he yeah. had. Oh, yeah, Josh yeah, definitely. Denny. Josh Denny, our boy. Oh, no, Josh. Do you know Josh? I know Josh. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so then there was the when the incels came for me, your audience. Yes, and yes. They're going to turn to your side now. now I hope so, because like I love them. Get it. But then that was where people from the outside saw what was happening, and like, I had people in law enforcement reach out to me and be like, here's what you need to do. Yeah. You need to go, you know, like tell your local police station that you're in danger of being swatted. You need to make yourself a very safe online person. What is swatted? It's when they call in like a fake, um, uh, it's essentially when they say that you have like a. It's it's oh, like you'll get the yeah, SWAT team yeah, will yeah. show up at oh your my house. God, that's terrifying. Um, so that was more scary and real life affecting. Where I was like, okay, I won't be really wading into you those weird waters. Calls? I I got some anonymous. I got an anonymous call once. Where somebody called and they just said, "Fuck you, Isaac. Is this Isaac? Fuck you. Fuck I mean, you, motherfucker." That was me. it's dangerous anything like that no but it's dangerous to be in my space and the the i would say in in between i think the thing twitter is really good at is reflecting your um what's that score called like your the awareness of you publicly it has a lot to do with where you are on twitter and i think that any woman between a hundred thousand followers and a million, I'm like, well, I might not make it through because I need to basically make enough money to get behind that gated com- in that gated community. Yeah. yeah. And up until that point, I'm. It's always women like me that get murdered. There was one that got murdered last week. Jesus. What? That 17 year old Instagram girl. Oh yeah. Um, and it's dangerous. Yeah. It's totally a dangerous world and space and i worry less about the ones that i hear from and more about the ones that i don't know about right yeah the guy sending angry missives it's like all right i know what he's doing i know Mm -hmm. where he is but and you can find him yeah yeah the lurkers are the the creepy ones so it's like our podcast listeners that lurk and never write i'm most (laughs) worried about them 
So those are that that is a real life consequence. Um, and then there are the ones that like the anarchists then when they came for me. Why did the anarchists come for you? I made a joke about how they're all trust fund babies. And <laughs> um, that was just like four days of manifestos being sent into my <laughs> inbox and stuff. Do you think what do you think the future of comedy is going to be? Like, I don't know. What do you think is happening? Did you see I I see a lot of pushback, so maybe that's good. I yeah. think people are are getting fed up with the on my good days I feel like the republic is is crumbling. Right. And free speech is gonna be eroded and we're gonna be fucked. Yeah. On on uh, on my bad days, sorry. On my good days, I think intersectionality is something that will cancel itself because of the way it's structured. Inevitably, it kind of has to implode because there's no one who's perfect. And so everyone is eventually going to be came for by the mob. Right. And eventually, and I do see a lot of pushback to cancel culture and the mobs and even this instance of the comedy comedians rallying around right yeah my my uh people i know predict that in 20 30 years it'll be exactly like the mccarthy again i've said this already but it'll be like everybody that was involved in these mobs will or you know the academic institutions that are involved in firing people who you know are against the way you're supposed to think We'll all just be like, oh, yeah, we had no part in that. We were like, they'll just kind of it'll die and they'll wipe their hands clean of it. Just like how people did with McCarthyism. Mm. You know, they'll be like, you know, they're going to participate in these squads of hunting down thought criminals and then it'll eventually go away. And then we'll all pretend like we were on the right side of it the whole time. You know, part, part of it is also, I think, like human beings not being able to adjust to the way that we communicate now because mm -hmm. that's changed drastically just in the course of 10, 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. right. And we're still catching up to like understanding the, the various methods of communication. That are it's used. too like, much. Yeah. Trying to explain Twitter to like my mom, some weird Twitter joke, like the, oh, the, yeah. the nobody joke. I don't How could you ever get like a 65-year-old lady to understand what the fuck that is? If you talk about Twitter in real life, you sound like a crazy person yeah. who escaped a mental institution, <laughs> yeah. which you basically are. Yeah. Right. So what are you, what, Isaac, what, what were you saying before we started recording about how do you, well, let me ask you guys, do you feel like you are self-censoring? Yeah, all the time. I have to. You know, I mean, I can't say what I really think or else I would be... I mean, out here I try to say what I really believe, but, you know, I couldn't do it on Twitter. I mean, the joy of podcasts is, as no I've said... No one listens. Nobody <laughs> listens to yeah. Exactly. And no, we're, the, my entire career is protected by the fact that nobody feels yeah. like listening to an yeah. entire one of these well, episodes. Also, yeah. <laughs> also, people listen, but your enemies don't. Because right. they're not going to spend... Long. It's too long to get out the bits. Although, so, right, yeah. that is not necessarily true. Because mm. they did a study with Howard Stern. Oh, yeah. And his they found listeners. the... Yeah, his hate listeners listen to every minute right. of his radio. Jesus. And his real listeners tuned out like 20 you know yeah. minutes in or how whatever. did they measure that i don't know how they measured it i it think was it was it was something to do with i don't know if they did a survey it was like nielsen ratings but it, it, i think they listened twice as long as right as normal <laughs> listeners his hate listeners would listen uh, 
doubly as long wow. just to find instances. It's like Josh's hate followers. Oh, yeah. They like know everything he does. My they, hate followers know everything about me. So they know I. they are my biggest fans yeah. in a weird way. They know more about me than anyone. Wow. I'm going to get into her Patreon and see what she's up to. Yeah, yeah. I always laugh. I'm like, if you want to, you know, pay to hate me, yeah. by all means, <laughs> get on in there. <laughs> Please do. Get on in there. Can we talk briefly about this hilarious New York Times piece that came out uh, I, when this goes up, it'll be a few weeks ago. But as we have a, a podcast, and Bridget is a podcaster. Who uh, isn't? That's true. Wasn't and, that the one of the greatest Twitter jokes of all time? I don't know who made it. It said... Uh, uh, the plural the of a reason, group of white men? No, the re- oh, that was funny too. The reason it's called a studio apartment is because everyone comes with a podcast. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. This Times article is called, Have We Hit Peak Podcast? I like this girl's like dumb, hot look. Well. She's just like, I'm a dummy. Well, she is because they lead. There's two reasons I like this article. One is like the general information contained inside of it about podcast. Yeah. I don't know what is going on with my browser. Yeah, it's really keeps annoying. Coming up. Really annoying. Um, and it's like a it's like a kind of scammy browser because there's right, like no, news bits on it, it and it, then it, the one WD forty okay. trick everyone needs to know. We right. don't need to dive into your pop ups. <laughs> I love my pop ups. <laughs> so I'm gonna read the the lead story of this uh, New York Times article, which is called "Have We Hit Peak Podcast." In 2016, Morgan Mandriata and Lester Lee, two freelance writers looking to grow their personal brands, decided to start a podcast. They called it The Advice Podcast and put as much energy into the show's production as they did the name. That's such a burn. Yeah, yeah, That's really. such a like, sick burn yeah. from a journalist. This writer may hate these people. After Sounds all, like no one was paying them for this yet. Each week, the friends, neither of whom had professional experience dispensing advice met in a free room at the local library and recorded themselves chatting with an iPhone 5. This is such a neg. This is like the definition of a neg column. We assumed we'd be huge, have affiliate marketing deals and advertisements, Miss Mandriata said. But six episodes in, when neither Casper Mattresses nor MeUndies had come knocking, the friends quit. Today, Ms. Mandriata says the same DIY spirit that made having a podcast alluring is precisely what doomed the project. You can talk about the trees outside as much as you want, but if you're not going to serve listeners and do it in a way that's engaging, your chances of going viral are low. Fuck, she said, calling her show the most makeshift podcast with mediocre advice. So the podcast article is sort of about how oversaturated the market is with podcasts. And I guess how... What's her final kind of... Um, like, what? what is the final take of this article? Um, basically, that it's hard to break through because it, there's so many people starting it and there's not a way like i i have some pull quotes here um there are now upward of 700,000 podcasts according to the podcast production hosting service blueberry with between 2,000 and 3,000 new shows launching each month being a pot what was that one being a podcast always oh, plays into a pe- people's self-importance it says karen north a clinical professor of communication at the annenberg school for communication and it projects that importance to others. Public speaking and consulting gigs now often go to the person who's the expert and has the podcast. Mm. So this big article is like about the world of podcasting. But the story it uses as its pin is not about people who like put a lot of effort and energy <laughs> into their podcast to grow it and didn't have any success. But two like l- people that did six episodes and got 
And they were like, oh, we're not famous, so we're going to stop. Right. What a bunch of fucking quitters. Right. right. Which is like, it's it doesn't, that doesn't tell me anything about podcasting. That just tells me <laughs> the basic suck. human condition, which is people yeah. put very little energy into things and then they give up easily. Right. 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 And that's it. Yeah, you could be like, say that about literally anything. Yeah, yeah, right. It's true. It's not to podcast. I think it's interesting, though, that they are the new blogs. It's true. Podcasts are the new blogs. But isn't it incredible that they're a creation of Steve Jobs? Podcast? Yeah. No. Steve Jobs created podcasts. It's It's like... He, he just keeps I, it's just yeah the shit he just like everything we use was made by one guy <laughs> between you know, between march and may of this year only 19.3 percent of existing podcasts introduced a new episode according to blueberry whoa which is a ridiculously low amount <laughs> that's crazy yeah. so everyone just gives up yeah everybody, yeah, gives, up. everybody gives up charles you had an idea for a I wanted to do a show. I actually recorded two episodes of this and then ironically abandoned it myself. Yeah. But I... I <laughs> do you need a partner? Um, I, I need... There's something missing from it and I can't figure out what I'm it is. I'm always looking to get on more podcasts. I, it's called the Abandoned Podcast Podcast. <laughs> and I have on people who have made abandoned podcasts podcast. and abandoned them. Damn, it's uh, too bad. Oh, you, well, I you, did. You would have maybe been in this article. I know. You know, if you'd kept it. If I, I had oh. a podcast with Ken Gar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, benched, and then it was abandoned. Why? What happened? What? Nothing. Oh. Oh. That face you make that tells me it wasn't nothing. So, like, something happened with no. Ken No, it just... Uh, didn't work out. Went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, so, what's your current podcast called? Walk-ins Welcome. Walk-ins Welcome. And how often do you release it? Once a week. Okay, cool. We just hit episode 40. How Nice. See, so you're doing it. How long are your uh, episodes? About an hour. Last week's with Kiro was two, but that was just a conversation that couldn't quit. And then, um, yeah, I have a lot of authors and comedians. You guys should come on. I'd love to. Charles, definitely you. I don't know about Isaac. I'm a dirty thought criminal. (laughs) I'm not a thought criminal. Um, And then... The, the other thing I wanted to ask, and I wanted to ask our listeners about this, is this uh, podcast producer is interviewed, and he says he likes to remind clients that the average American commute is under a half an hour, about 27 minutes, according to census data, um, and recommends keeping podcasts more to that oh, timeline as opposed to hour long. I uh, love podcasts, man. I Although I am getting a little, uh, I'm getting a little bored with them. Mm. Why, why are you getting bored with them? Are you listening to a lot? Uh, the only ones I like are my, my are, is like Sword and Scale. I, I don't really like any of the other ones. Which one? Sword and Scale. This is the one I was talking about last episode. It's oh. like the hardcore true crime. True crime. Oh, right, right. I mean, I like that one. They, you know, Mike Boudet came back. Yeah. Speaking of thought criminals. Yeah. Uh, and um, Was his problem being a thought criminal or because he was harassing women? Criminal. No, he, he made a mean misogynistic instagram post on international women's day Ah. so he got thrown off but then somehow he came back Mm. um so yeah i don't know i'm just getting kind of bored of them i'm just getting bored of the like yeah i don't really listen to sam harris anymore i haven't listened to rogan in forever i mean which ones are you what what do you guys listen to i don't listen to I don't even listen to my own. No. You don't? No. Wow. I I I 
I don't like the don't, sound of my voice. You don't thrill at the sound of your own voice. No, I hate your it. Keen I insights. hate it. Yeah. I, I really should listen to it though, because <laughs> it, would, it would probably make me better. But and everyone tells me you should listen to it to get better. But I, um, we do a, an hour long interview, and then my cousin, who's a podcast producer with me, and also my business partner at Fetacy, um, she and I do a fifteen minute like check in at the end. And now we've just started doing them on my Patreon because people love the just 15 minute check in that we do. Yeah. Because that's just really me being me when I'm interviewing somebody who I've never met or whatever. But Maggie and I go way back. And so I can just I I guess I said something last week that everyone was I was talking about how I hate clapping when people clap for, for me. I just hate it and clapping in general. But then she was like, what do you want people to do instead if you ever were like successful? The like, alternatives I don't know, are worse. Guns in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when people like uh, snap. No, I hate the snap though yeah. too. That one. Yeah, oh I yeah, mean, no, I agree with that. no. Like is it slam poetry? Is it Russia where they clap in unison? There's some country where like the clapping is everybody just claps together oh, that's at cool. the same time. I like that idea. Probably yeah. in North Korea. Yeah, some <laughs> some other some other form. Applause but, is super insane if you actually think about it. It's very weird. It's yeah. such a weird thing that we do. It's, it's like so weird. So, yeah, like Bob. There's a great Bob Dylan quote that says applause is bullshit. Corinne and Fisher. She. Um, I interviewed her when I was in New York. She's one of the two comedians on Guys We Fucked. Oh, and um, huge podcast, huge. And she was talking about how if people are applauding her comedy, she'll drop the bit because it means it's like too woke. She's like, I don't want people. Clapped her. Yeah, yeah, clapped her. Clapped her, as they say. Yeah. I never heard that term until she was using it. And she said, I hate it. She's like, I don't want people to be like clapping. Like an appreciation. Yeah. Like, thank you like, for that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. All right. You want them to be laughing. I'm so trained applauding. to clap at the end of any kind of performance just because I like to be supportive. Yeah. Um that you're a nice comedian. Yeah, what about I, people who clap at the movies? I that annoys they me. No, That's not a performance. Immediately killed. Yes. So anybody we should, should be that. shot. <laughs> the, who is the guy that shot everybody the Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. That guy should come in and shoot you just if you clap any, at the end of a movie. If anyone claps in a movie, you yeah. should just be Maybe that's why murdered. he was there. The reason yeah. <laughs> the reason that this conversation He was came, actually a totally normal guy, but he just <laughs> they just started like, clapping. It's like why are they clapping at the credits? It's absurd. That was the reason this conversation came up on my podcast is because I was talking about how everyone clapped when the plane landed and I was like, oh. put them on a watch list. Oh, those people are terrible. Put them on. And she's like, why? It's cute. I'm like, no. Yeah. No, it's no. not cute. It's evil. <laughs> Deeply evil. Yeah. And well, at least there, there's some, the pilot can feel good about himself where it's like, if you were clapping at a movie, you are insane. Or yeah. there's when no reason people to clap, clap when a waitress drops something, oh, I yeah. want to fucking murder. That's when I have my Dark Knight Rising moment. Well, that's kind of like, a yes and thing though, right? It's kind of like, all right, it's okay. It's, it's kind of so like, annoying. It's so you know? condescending. Yeah. I find it it's sarcastic. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's like, yay, you broke a bunch of glasses. Yeah, You're great an job, idiot. slave. <laughs> yeah. I like sarcastic <laughs> clapping. That's the but best. I part. love the slow clap. Yeah. I feel like if people come see me at a TED talk or any kind of speech, I hope I just get, the, get slow the slow clap. clap. Yeah. That's, that's an underappreciated SNL sketch, is the uh, sarcastic clapping family of Northampton. And I it's never just, saw that. it's like this very dramatic thing where somebody says something and somebody else comes in just going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very nice, Martha. Yeah, the slow clap. <laughs> I love the golf the clap too. Clap. That one I'm okay with. Oh, yeah. 
There are forms of okay clapping, but yeah. The, the golf clapping. clap is funny when you the get that at um, at a stand-up when you're doing a show and so and you'll get like a golf clap yeah. on, a, on a joke. You're like, it's a weird kind of golf, like waspy think- golf clap. <laughs> a wasp clap. Well, do you think that all cultures, like is it convergent evolution or did clapping start in like, you know, is it like from... Because I was, re- <laughs> like, I was reading about originate? it. No, I was reading. I, I don't remember anything, but I have been reading the history of it now that I was doing this whole discussion about it. But also, I always rage against the snapping. And I think I got into it on Twitter with people who were like, I'm autistic and I don't like the clapping. And and like, that's why a lot of people, the snapping oh, is that's like that. That's what we have to do now? That's yeah, woke yeah. clapping. It's woke snapping. clapping oh, and snapping. Because performative it's like clapping. Fantastic. Clapping can be aggressive clapping, on people's ears. Yeah, we need a trigger warning. For clapping, clapping is violence. Jesus Christ. <laughs> as long as they stop doing it in the movie theater, I think that'll be. <laughs> in the movie theater, it is violence. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It is violence in the movie theater. That's absurd. Snapping wouldn't help. What's either. the worst movie somebody's clapped at the end of? Can you remember? Mine is where the wild things are. Oh. I, I almost murdered oh. everyone in the movie theater. The credits came up and people were like, oh, and that movie's so bad yeah. too. And I was like, I can't remember. I mean, I feel like in LA, especially, I feel like people clap all the time in the movies in LA. It's only for certain ones though. It's not, not all movies are clapping movies. Yeah. Sometimes, like I, I was at, uh, I went to see, um, Midsommar. Oh, yeah. And nobody clapped for that one. Yeah. I yelled at some people behind me for talking, though. That's hilarious, because his his previous movie, I yelled at somebody for uh, making noise. Yeah. yeah. But this was at the Arclight, and that's a fucking no-no. You yeah. can't be talking at the Arclight. Yeah. That's like... I told, can't I told someone to shut the fuck up, and it turned out to be a teenage girl. Uh, I said, if you want to talk, go to AMC. <laughs> that's where I saw Hereditary, of course. <laughs> so I said, well, don't Why talk can't you talk at the ArcLight? The ArcLight's like a high-end oh. community of like true movie lovers. You pay, like, you pay like extra. Yeah, you pay extra. Yeah, same as Landmark. Well, but it's even it's even more. It's like they come. It's, they're very sensitive about it. Like uh, there's no there's only like two previews. It's like a movie connoisseurs. Theater. I love going to the Directors Guild for movies. Yeah, I've been there once. That's I think. the best because you know why I hate going in the movies I'd never go because I cannot stand the sound of everybody eating their food and all the rustling and the fucking yeah. all of the noises the chewing and the <laughs> <laughs> uh oh guys we're 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 doing the thing in the podcast article says not to do but industry analysts and production companies say that so-called banter casts in which the hosted guests chit-chat for an hour or more likely comprise yeah, the bulk of new productions. We, that's why I was trying to avoid chit-chatting, but we keep doing We did it, it at the end. What we are we keep, supposed to be doing? Chit-chatting. We're supposed to be doing hardcore analysis oh God, of issues so of the day. <laughs> those are so boring, though. Now. I feel like those are the boring ones. I hate the chit-chat cast. I don't like chat. No I one wants to hear about my hot take about movie noises. No, I that was I like it. the noise you were making. I Those can't were, believe I like the noises that you were making. <laughs> All the chewing and at the director's guild, by the way, you can't have any food. And oh, there are no previews. Yeah, See, there you go. That's how it should be. For true enthusiasts. So um how can people find your podcast, Bridget? Where do they go? Just iTunes everywhere? Uh, everywhere. Stitcher, iTunes. We're we're actually hosted on Ricochet, which is a conservative platform. Oh. If you dare to go to the dark side, if you're one of those people that considers it the dark side like my dad, um, you can find me on Twitter at Bridget Fetisi. 
and you can find me on Instagram. And I will be performing comedy in Newport, Rhode Island in October. I'll be doing the Newport, the Rogue Island Festival. If people happen to be on the East Coast and want to come watch me bomb in front of my family. Perfect. <laughs> Love bombing in front of the fam. I've done that in front of my mom. It's my favorite bomb. Oh, She's yeah. just sitting there like... If your mom's in the audience, you're guaranteed to bomb. Yeah, it's just, just like, the, you. It's automatic. How did you spend your time doing this? I want to make a Twitter follow recommendation. Of course, follow Bridget. But also follow uh, Podcast Starting, at Podcast Starting. And it's just uh, a bot that retweets every time somebody writes the word starting a podcast. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's good. And you will just get a stream of people saying they're going to start a podcast and none of their friends saying anything positive about it. Um, do you guys ever talk about Nextdoor? What's that? Oh, the app? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard it's it's a, it's very intense. I just got a notification and I'm just going to read it. Trending. Homelessness. Call me insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, but I see. Yeah, yeah. But I'm but, sick and tired of the homeless people in the area. Yeah. I love Nextdoor. Nextdoor is a great place to find like a good handyman and all of your racist neighbors. And yeah, hardcore racism. Yeah, we talk a lot about homelessness too. Yeah. Do you? I'm supposed to go on Josh's podcast. They're both going to be homeless. George, George Dorney. George Dorney. We had on the. Um, what is his job? He works at the Skid Row Housing Trust, Trust. and he talked about homeless with us. I've been organizing downtown. Death squads for homeless people? Yes. Someone, oh my God, they puked. They, this. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to read this so you can talk about it tomorrow and your podcast. Most of the homeless are on drugs or drunk. Many are mentally disturbed. I am sick and tired of seeing them roaming around my driveway or passed out in front of my house. I should not feel unsafe because I live alone. I should not wake up to puke on my car in my private property. This is getting ridiculous. And there's a picture of the puke on the car. That's gross. <laughs> I walked out of my house literally to a man seeing shit coming out of a man's ass the oh. other day, like right in front of the door. Nice. And there was a young child, like at a family. Collecting it? No, it came out. And the crazy thing is he picked it up. He picked the guy who shit, and then he picked it up with like a dog shit bag and okay. threw it away. That's nice. Yeah, it's better than not doing that, I guess. That, that had a, that had a twist ending. I didn't know. Yeah. It would, it would I was gonna get so mad, but then he picked it up, and I was like, "Oh, I guess I can't get mad." <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, sir. Thank you for cleaning yeah. up your shit. All right, everybody, it has been fun. Follow Bridget on Twitter at Bridget Fetisy, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks Bye. for having Hey, it's plug time. Thanks for listening to this episode. We're going to do a few plugs real quickly. Uh, join our forum at nahf.boards.net. We have some fun conversations happening there. Not really, but, you know, if you join, it'll be more fun. You can email us at notahugefanpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and write us a review on iTunes. Pretty please. It's so helpful if you do that. Yeah, and do all those things and don't fucking text me. Yeah. Leave don't, Isaac alone. Do not text me your thoughts about the podcast. Yeah. That's, send them to the email or post exactly. them on the forum and we will respond there yeah. and it'll be great. Right. Uh, and then my social media is all funzaroni, including my website. You can follow me there. 
Thank you. How do you spell that? F-U-N-Z-A-R-O-N-I. Funzeroni. Funzeroni. And why is it that? Uh, it's a name I picked ages ago, and now it's too late yeah. to go back. Funzeroni. Uh, you can find me at isaacsimpson.com. That's my website. Uh, it's a portfolio website, so it's a lot of my work uh, in the advertising and journalism and brand creation world, but uh, you can also find ways to contact me there. Um, and also, uh, I don't really do socials, but you can find me on Medium. That's probably the best place to, to find me, or LinkedIn. I enjoy being linkedin so just LinkedIn Isaac Simpson, and you can uh, talk to me there. That's it. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Don't text Isaac.